0: Business and bourbon. I'm excited for today's guest. Here in Georgia, everybody knows who Rennie Curran is. He got me ready to put on a helmet or something. What are we going to do, Rennie?
1: <laughs> I'm honored, man. I'm sitting down with the legend, the, the man, what? the myth. Yeah, uh, oh, i take that. I am a former professional athlete. Played at the University of Georgia, Tennessee Titans, Tempe Buccaneers,
0: and now I'm a full time keynote speaker, author, former athletes yeah. Had a very difficult time transitioning yeah. and really weren't able to take a hold of that platform like you've been able to do. What are you doing, Rennie? Yeah. I'm a free agent that's gonna hurt my heart especially when i'm watching games sunday after sunday seeing guys that i know i'm better than (laughs) hold up you know you're not normal right (laughs) you're a different guy like this is something that you trained to do Mm. for 12 years like it dominated your life you were Mm. training to do that
1: how can i provide value outside of this jersey what happens if i can never get back on the field again how am i gonna create a sustainable business what skills do i have what am i known for yeah like all those questions you would ask yourself
0: Welcome back to Business & Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. My name is Ronell Richards. I am the creator and host of Business & Bourbon. You know, it's been a crazy last four, five, six months for us, right? right? And I have... Just watched some tremendous examples of leadership, both in the private world and professional world and in the public world as well, in the world of celebrity. And one of the groups that has really stood out in terms of impressing me and using their platform to help with social movements and beyond are athletes. We've seen a lot of athletes step up to the plate and really try to take the lead in helping to move their social agendas forward. So, you know, in the spirit of that, I wanted to invite an athlete on who I've been really impressed by, someone who is much more than an athlete, someone who really understands the importance of their platform and really understands the impact that they can make in the world. So I invited Rennie Curran. Yeah, Rennie's a former football player, but more than that, he's a guy that has really experienced a lot that all of us can learn from, from a business and professional standpoint, and someone who's just really destined for so much greater things and really understands the impact that he can make on the world. With that said, guys, it's time for you to grab your glass, grab your cup, grab your very favorite beverage. You know how we do, grab it, Fill up that cup, fill up that mug, fill up that glass, sit back with us, because it's time to enjoy a little Business & Bourbon. Welcome back to Business & Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I am your host and the creator of Business & Bourbon, Ronnell Richards, and I am so grateful, grateful for the opportunity to have you guys listening in and checking in with us and grateful to be sitting here at King and Duke in Buckhead, Atlanta. Again, one of my favorite restaurants. You guys know this. You know this. Beautiful restaurant. So if you're in Atlanta, make sure you stop down to King and Duke. Tell them that Ronell sent you in and ask for Ronell's drink as their general manager walks by, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica, can I get a drink, Jessica? <laughs> I'm still lobbying, guys. Eventually, we're going to get a business and bourbon drink on the menu. I guarantee it. I'm going to make that happen. So we're still kind of in the middle of this pandemic thing and practicing our social distancing, of course, and making sure that we're staying safe. But we had to get down here to support King and Duke, support our business community here in Atlanta because they need it. So I want to encourage you guys, before I introduce my guest, I want to encourage you guys to get out, support these great businesses that are in your community that need you because they do. You guys watch the news just like everyone else, so you know how much they need our support. So get out there and support them. All right, with that said, it's time to get this party going. I'm excited for today's guest. He got me ready to I don't know, put on a helmet or something. We're going to what are we going to do? Really? <laughs> <laughs> really got me excited, man. This dude, it's very rare that I sit down here with someone that gives me uh, bicep envy because you know I, I like to get it in in the gym but this guy's over here is giving me bicep envy what's going on rennie man i'm doing great right now glad to be on the show i'm honored man i'm sitting down with the
1: legend the, the man what? the myth
0: what yeah, yeah oh i take that hey. i would i don't get that very often bro so <laughs> i will take that yeah. i'm here with rennie kern man we're having a good time and before we get it started rennie and we introduce them, let them know who you are and what you do what are you drinking, bro? You don't know. I really don't. You, <laughs> hey,
1: I wanted to go with the regular, but you you like, I got something good, and that's why you're the legend. You, so, is it good? Oh, it's great. It's smooth, it's refreshing,
0: it's much needed during these times. Bro, I would not shoot you wrong. So, yeah. Rennie is drinking a mystery vodka and Prosecco cocktail. It's delicious, yes. right? And, um, you can never go wrong here at the King of Deuces. So just come in. Richard's maintaining the bar today. Just go in there. And say, hey, man, make me something great. And they make you something great. I am drinking one of Richard's special concoctions. Uh, and I don't know what's in it other than this basil leaf that's on the top. And it's beautiful and it's delicious. So let's go ahead and clink this up real quick, my friend. Yes, sir. Bam. Virtual clink for y'all. <laughs> Bad radio, but I got to take a sip. Mm. Oh. Woo. All right, Rennie. Get Rennie Curran. Here in Georgia, everybody knows who Rennie Curran is. <laughs> but, you know, we got an international audience, Renny. So why don't we start by just introducing you, man. Um, tell the audience a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, so, uh, man,
1: the biggest thing for me is I'm a servant, man, uh, at the end of the day. But for those who know me professionally, it's from that world of football. I am a former professional athlete, played at the University of Georgia from 2007 to 2009, Tennessee Titans, 2010. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, CFL. <laughs> All right, CFL as well. So, I spent some time in Canada with the Edmonton Eskimos and the BC Lions. And now I'm a full time keynote speaker, author, and also own a coaching business called Game Changer Coaching as well, man. And outside of that, I got a nonprofit called Game Changers Foundation. Yeah. And I just love helping people, man. I love helping people get to that next level, you know, really just seeing people who have challenges, who have goals, and, and just really empowering them, man, because it was done so much for me throughout my life, man, and so I'll talk more about that, but it really just gets me going, and I'm a father as well, man, that's like my greatest job that's my most favorite job, I have a beautiful daughter Man, isn't it? Man, challenges me every single day, I just talked to her before I came out here, man, she's beautiful 11 year old girl, so she's 11 going on 18, (laughs) they all are Yeah, yeah, man, so that's a
0: little bit about me right here in Atlanta. one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show is that you are so much more than an athlete. Like, when it's all said and done, what defines you will not be, oh, he played football at UGA, uh, which, by the way, is a tremendous accomplishment. Let's not gloss over that. Like Thank you. Yeah. Like, you're that dude, okay? Great accomplishments on the field, but so much more that you're doing now and that you're going to be doing here. That's why, again, when I say, like, when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. that'll be a footnote. It's important. Right. It gives you a platform exactly. to be able to do some of the great stuff that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But for someone to really understand that and use that platform is something that I tremendously respect. But you know, here at Business of Bourbon, what they want to hear and what we want to talk about is we want to talk about the behind the scenes, man. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people look at athletes and former athletes right, and just think right, right, right. they think privilege and they think mm-hmm. you know the red carpet has rolled out. But you know, you and I know. A lot of folks out there that were former athletes yeah, yeah. and that are struggling right. and had a very difficult time transitioning yep. and and really weren't able to take a hold of that platform mm-hmm. like you've been able to do. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like I want to talk about what mm. was that challenge like in okay in that moment you realized you know what I'm done playing mm. pro football. And first of all, was it your decision? Oh man, yeah, it was powerful, man, and. There was so much
1: leading up to that, and I had a very unique experience because my transition happened before the real transition happened. And what I mean by that, I got drafted in 2010, right? Everything was going great. Everything was awesome. For most people listening right now, they can think about the kid that's on ESPN who gets drafted and everything's good. It was like that. Started out great, was able to help the family, but not too long after that, after 2010, 2011 comes, season passes, the lockout happens, new coaching staff comes in. And I was a guy who was known for being undersized. So I wasn't the guy who just showed up, play? played linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I was linebacker that's under six feet. You can look through any roster right now. It might be like three guys, if that, in the yeah. entire league that are under six feet. So I had an uphill battle my whole entire career. But, you know, when it came to that moment of the coaches staff getting fired, they had a whole new philosophy, which was we want bigger guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't fit that which mold. What said, no Rennie. Yeah, no, that which meant no Rennie, yeah. <laughs> so my stock dropped dramatically. And so I found myself back home in end of 2011 and that's when I first transitioned. And that's when my eyes became really open of the importance of leveraging my platform, you know, for where I was as a professional. I have done it, you know, a little bit as an athlete before, but now it was like really real. Like all the things people told me, like, you know, leverage your brand, treat people right, build relationships, network. Now it was like really real. I was back in Snellville. A lot of what people are going through right now, I was going through that. I was 22 years old going through a midlife crisis. How about that? Man, and so at that point, that's when I really sat down and started working on myself, man, asking myself the tough questions. What are my values, right? How can I provide value outside of this jersey? You know, what happens if I can never get back on the field again? How am I going to create a sustainable business? What skills do I have? Right? What am I known for? Yeah. Like all those questions you would ask yourself if you transition to becoming an entrepreneur. I did that at 22. And so when I tore my patella tendon in 2017, it was like I already been through that. So I was at peace. I had my network built. I'd already gone to workshops. I'd already been reading books on self help and personal development. I was an author already. I was a speaker. Had my business built, man. So it wasn't as tough, nearly as tough as it could
0: have been. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to miss that because there's so many people that. Are dealing with similar challenges, exactly. right? It doesn't matter whether you're playing football in the NFL or right. you're working at AT and T. Like yep. people get faced with these life mm-hmm. events, right? Like you did, which at 22 is crazy. I right. want people to think about that at 22. But to put it in proper perspective and context, this is something that you trained to do mm. for 12 years. Yeah, like it dominated your life. You were mm-hmm. training to do that, and man, I can only imagine how mm. difficult that can be, especially when you're still becoming a man yourself. Oh, man. They say <laughs> like, your,
1: your mind isn't fully developed until, as a man until you're 26, 27 yeah. years old. So I'm still trying to, yeah, and I'm a father. My daughter was two years old at this Jesus. time. Jesus. So you got that on top of it. So, and me and her mother weren't together, so I'm dealing on with that on top of everything. So it was just, man, you talk about... Faith-building time, character-building time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what did you really... Hey, listen, in today's business climate, you need every advantage you can get to get in front of your customers and prospects. That is why I use CoVideo. I use it on a daily basis to connect with my prospects, my customers, my clients, and my business partners, and I recommend you guys do the same. Video is offering a 14-day free trial to listeners of this program. All you need to do is go to co-video, C-O-V-I-D-E-O dot com to take advantage of that. That's it. Covideo.ronellrichards.com. dot com. All right. Now back to the show what did you rely on like how did what helped you through that
1: period mm, definitely my faith without a doubt i had a foundation of faith grew up in the church man yeah playing drums in the church man. i was a musician before playing sports so uh, that was a big part of my life with just my faith man and just believing that there was more that you still would, play yeah oh yeah okay. got the music set up at the crib play the piano play the drums play the viola what yeah bro
0: did you just say three instruments? Three instruments, bro.
1: Jesus. A deuce, man. Um, that's what I love. That was my therapy during that time. I still have, like, YouTube videos of <laughs> playing really? the piano during that time. Yeah, man. It was. I found anything to really get through that time. But number one was definitely faith. Number two was just developing myself, man. Mm-hmm. So I started to just dive into learning, like, anything that I could, watching YouTube videos, going to workshops. Yes. Um uh, reading like napoleon hill malcolm gladwell Mandino. malcolm gladwell
0: my dude gladwell. i love me some
1: malcolm gladwell. yes one of the greatest books i read during that time was augman dino greatest salesman in the world uh in the world yeah read the the ten scrolls mm-hmm. you know uh i'll greet this day with so love you in just my started heart. consuming
0: like, consuming knowledge information. Yeah. and information
1: yes and just started doing this sitting mm. down with business leaders and just being a sponge man and just working on myself man and, and asking myself all those questions i, I mentioned before Ooh. and that just started that whole process of personal development and, and self-help and leadership and and then it started to make me understand and gain awareness in terms of all those past experiences i had and how it tied into where i was going in terms of the marketplace yeah so i was able to start making those connections by reading like the leadership books and the self-help that oh man all these years i spent on the field there's a connection here like the time i spent in the film room breaking down film and studying statistics and tendencies and patterns yeah that applies to business That's that, yeah there's change management that's you know that's business intelligence like there's i started making all these little connections man and the more and more i put myself out there and got uncomfortable started going to networking events and sometimes i'll show up with the wrong attire on i have my muscle shirt on when it's... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't even know what business casual was. I, yeah. I just got out there, man. And, you know, we talked about diversity before, like before we did the podcast, but just how important that is, being around people who don't look like you, yeah who are 10, 15 years, 20 years older than you, going to that country club and just observing people's body language and how they interact with each other. Like, I had the chance to look at all those things. And the biggest thing I had to change was my perspective during that time, to seeing, not seeing this as a time where I'm down, I'm out, always me, my life is screwed up to
0: yeah. This is a time of opportunity. Oh my God, so I've been chomping at the bit to say something, <laughs> man, because you said something. I'm like, yo, that is so profound. It's got my brain just turning because mm. it's something that I've never really articulated before just having you just say it, yeah. which was that, and I'm paraphrasing, you didn't actually say this, but this is what you said and what I got from it. Mm. These traumatic experiences, these things that we go through, these life occurrences, are an opportunity for personal development. Not in the sense that, and we all think, OK, we go through something and we learn. Right, 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 right. But no, like, it's a time when you get to hit the pause button on mm-hmm. your life, mm-hmm. yeah. because we're always going, going. Like, like up until that point, you're training, you're where you're doing all those things. Now, you got the God pause button. Right. <laughs> it's like, pause, stop. Right. Like a lot of people are experiencing, or mm. we all experience it at different points of our life. What do you do? Yeah. And what you did is you're like, yo. Personal development time. Yep. Got hit with the pause button. What are you going to do? You're going to sit home and you're going to be like, oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. we see this all the time. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Oh, shit. You know, I was like, <laughs> right. man, how'd that happen? Oh. Right. No, you said. Now, don't get me wrong. We all go through our little mini pity party. Right, right, But after right. we go through that pity party, yep. it's, it's got to be after. like, oh, let's Game invest time, in myself. Yeah. And that's what I heard you say, was, which was like mm-hmm. so profound. Which is that you took that as an opportunity yeah. to not just learn from your experience, yep. but to make yourself better yep. by investing in all of these different tools for personal growth, which we have so many. Yeah, Like you were saying, what'd you say? You said you used man. YouTube. You used. Yep. You read books. Audio used- books. Whatever I can get
1: my hand on, man. I went to, like the NFL had a great transitioning program, and it was for guys who were transitioning, and these guys were in their 30s some were 40 and whatnot i was the youngest dude in there 22 years old eating up knowledge learning from career coaches doing my my uh personality assessments so i found out i was an intp
0: at 22 years old bro hold up hold up (laughs) you know you're not normal right you're a different guy like who does that uh, me, I, that's the sort of thing I would do. But <laughs> it was, it was but just like, a mind. For real, who does that at 22 it, or has that level of self awareness? Yeah,
1: it was just a mind shit. I told myself that like God put me in this position for a reason. Yeah. Not to harm me, not to punish me, but to benefit me. And then another thing I did to take it a step forward in terms of getting through that moment was I saw my experience outside of just myself. So I broke myself down in terms of the skills and the assets and the things that I had, the values that I could deliver. But I was like, who else is going through this? Who else is gonna be going through this in the future? And that's where you draw out the value, where you can see like, man, this ain't just about me. This is something, I'm going through this process, I'm developing systems, I'm developing principles, I'm developing lessons that I can one day be able to share with somebody else, and heck, I, I might be able to monetize it. There are going to be other people in this situation, students who are coming out of college who don't get a job right away, people who go through a divorce You know, people who go through losing, like my dad, he lost his business, man. My dad fixed shoes. That's how, you know, both my parents were Liberian immigrants. And my dad, that was his only business he knew when he came to this country. That was the only way he could get a job without having his green card was by working for this company where they trained him to fix shoes. He came from working in Liberian government, bro. And had to humble himself and fix shoes. And they put together- How does that make you feel? Man, I mean, I got so much respect and admiration but seeing what my dad went through because you know like i said we moved to gwinnett when i was 10. at 11 years old he That's lost a county, that, in georgia, yeah, county in georgia just yeah county in georgia about 20 minutes away from atlanta but he lost his business that year after and i just saw him lose his identity and lose his self-worth and all those things so it's almost like foreshadowing what i would eventually go through oh my god yeah <laughs> and so yeah. in that time i was like i'm not gonna let myself be defined by you know an opportunity or by somebody it's giving hard
0: you as hell to do that though Man. bruh yeah you're like, right because it is because for you're right t- 22 well let's see 12 years mm-hmm. we're just talking up to the point to where you hit your your 22 yeah um life what right. occurrence whatever we want to call this is your football player rennie kern right like that's that is your identity exactly which First of all, thank you for sharing that, but this is something that translates Mm -hmm. across the board, like with your dad and his business, working in corporate, having a bit, whatever it is that you're doing, our identities get tied up in Mm -hmm. in that, right? So tell me, how were you able to separate that? What process did you use to get through that?
1: Yeah, it really was a process of self-evaluation. Like I had to do a self-inventory, Mm-hmm. And what that mean is breaking down my gifts, my talents, my experiences, my relationships. I had to break all that down and like extract that because the world, what the world was telling me in that moment was that you're not on the team right now. You're not on the 53-man roster, and it would hurt when I, when people when I would go to places and people would ask me, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, what are you doing, Rennie? Yeah, I'm a free agent. That what would hurt my yeah. heart, especially when I'm watching games Sunday after Sunday, seeing guys that I know I'm better than and i'm at the crib so that junk will affect your self-worth it'll it'll affect how you see yourself so if you don't take that time to sit down and extract your skills and, and your experiences and your knowledge and just things that you can offer to people the value that you can provide yep. you'll feel worthless and you won't even realize what you have you'll lack in that awareness when it comes to just all the skills and the abilities and the talents that you have that you require. yeah and so that's the first thing I had to do was to reestablish my value in my own self worth. And until I did that, bro, it was
0: <laughs> it was devastating. I can imagine. Dead. Yeah, well, not, I don't have to imagine because we've all been through it. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah, all yeah. been in 2017. I, you know, I had one of my companies fail, and mm-hmm. it was devastating. Yeah, right. And your identity is wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, this is something that every single person goes through. If you're not doing shit, you'll never go through it. Right. If you're trying to accomplish anything of greatness or anything that's extraordinary, Right. you're going to go through this. You're going to go through it. First, establish that. What you accomplished mm. Boy. just <laughs> off the jump mm. is amazing. And like winning the lottery, <laughs> like the <laughs> odds in terms yeah. of achieving that level of success, right? Mm. Yeah. And so in order to have great success, failure comes with it. Yeah. Like you want to have monumental failures too. Right. So you got to really, to your point, understand who the hell you are, mm-hmm. be really comfortable with who you are and which you, what value you bring beyond that business, Yeah, beyond the money-making thing, right? Yeah. And have a greater purpose. That's so it. so you and I have talked outside of this thing. And that's one of the things I like about you too, is you have a greater sense of, Purpose, you have a mission, right? Yeah, like you, let's speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Like what drives you now? What is part of your mission? Definitely without a doubt, my daughter, man.
1: Like, when I think about my child, I think about legacy. And that's where everything that I'm doing, the way that I treat people, the way that I handle conflicts, my thoughts, my habits, that's when I understand that it has ripple effects. And that's why that's when i start to understand society and why it's so messed up and why people are so broken mm-hmm. you know because somebody's father their mother wasn't there or they didn't get some type of experience or somebody said something that hurt them whatever it is and that was passed on to their child and so that's number one that's what drives me man i want to have a son one day yeah and like i think about that mm-hmm. like what am i going to pass on to him You know, if I don't unpack that trauma that, you know, the things that hurt me, the things that trigger me. Oh yeah. Man, that, you know, it's like, I I don't want to do that. I want to pass that on. And then just the the community, like I said, I had so many people, man, that poured into me, man, from teachers to my little league coach that was like a second father to me, to trainers, man, that let me train for free. Mm. Well, my parents didn't have nothing, man. Like, you know, just went out of their way for me. And I just so happened to live down the street from a guy who trained Guys like Brian Erlacher and Champ Bailey and, you know, you He's name still it. training today? Still training today. Shout him out. Chip Smith, man. Chip Smith. Shout out. Chip, if you listen, I love you, man. <laughs> like, who does that? He let me train there. This guy was training top of the top athletes, and he let, you know, I was like 13, 14 at the time. My Little League coach got me in there. He paid for a couple of workouts, but he didn't keep paying, so Chip let me train there for free like all throughout, man. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Just bless me, man, and that's why I'm so passionate about the community. You know, i feel like i am where i am i'm
0: a result of the village yeah. that i just so happen to be in aren't we all though right aren't we all at the end of the day like yeah, at the end of the day you yeah. know positive or negative right right you know like yeah. usually you can correlate those that aren't doing so well back to mm-hmm. that village that yeah that's they it. were in a negative village they were yep. you know they didn't have those people in them that around them that invested in them yeah man and, and I'm so so man. now i know it's part of your mission to continue to like pay that forward yeah you know? got
1: to it's my responsibility without a doubt because just by the grace of god man, yeah. that i'm sitting here talking to you, you know what i mean because if we hadn't moved to, move to Ghana, listen <laughs> listen if, if my mom hadn't came here on scholarship to go to emory i'm gonna let you borrow
0: something All which right. is my saying yeah i ain't <laughs> supposed to be here All right my parents All right i'm born to teenage parents Mm -hmm. in poverty (laughs) in youngstown ohio Mm. which is hood i'm not supposed to be you're not supposed to be here (laughs) so every day is a blessing it is and not only is it a blessing it's a responsibility yeah oh yeah because you're not supposed to be here you are here right despite that because of the village because of your own intestinal fortitude yeah it is your responsibility it is our responsibility to help Others, Yeah, to, to get maximize there as well. and to
1: help others. I agree.
0: You think you might have a million dollar business idea? Well, I'm not one to say whether you do or don't, but I do know the bridge between your idea and that million dollars lies in creating a plan and executing on it. Well, I can't help you on executing on the plan, but I absolutely can help you get that plan out of your head and onto paper. That's why I recommend Live Plan. It's actually a tool that I have used many times myself and recommend for my clients. And listeners of this program get a 25% discount off of Live Plan. It's a very inexpensive tool to get that idea out of your head and start creating a plan for maybe a million dollar idea. I don't know. That, that part is up to you. I can't have help you with getting it out of your head. So here's what you do you go to Live Plan. That's L I V E P L A N. dot Richards.com. And sign up through that link, you'll get a 25% discount. It is a month-to-month service, so you check it out. If you love it, fantastic. I think that you will. If you don't, you cancel it. All right, back to the show. So tell me about your speaking. Yeah. Um, because you know, there are people going to be listening to this, and they're going to want to bring Rennie in to come do oh, some speaking. Man. So like, what sort of speaking engagements? Yeah. Um, is it mostly um, inspirational, or w- mm-hmm. what, what kind of what do you focus on? So I believe in definitely inspiration, and the charisma, and the
1: energy that you bring. Yeah, But I also make sure that I do the research the same way that I approach the game of football is the same way that I approach speaking. So I study my clients like before I ever present to that audience, whoever that is, whether it's a sales group, whether it's you know um, members of an association or members of a church, I make sure that I interview them. I make sure that I study them. I understand their industry. I understand their daily experiences. And then I craft a message that's tailored to them to be able to add value to them. So it's How smart is that? centered around leadership. It's usually centered around team building, overcoming adversity but like i said i do the research i do i really really go in understanding their psychology and that's my edge that's how i approach speaking i I love it. i feel like they deserve that man there's so many no knock against you know the speakers who have the can speak and speech and just do the one thing and they have the same jokes that they tell every single time but that's not me man that's that's not that's not how i approach the game yeah every game every opponent was a new like what do you I mean can new- What are you
0: talking about? Can I never heard one of those canned speeches? Well, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let's see. During your time, what did y'all win when you were at UGA? Did y'all win something? We won the sugar bowl. We, we all right. Here's like, where I'm going yeah. with this. Where are you going with here's this? Here's where I'm going <laughs> with this. So you're not the dude that goes around with his ring or like, okay, here's my ring.
1: <laughs> no. I've been, We've no all been story. too many of those yeah, yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah.
0: okay, listen, uh, someone gets up there and they pass their ring around for everyone to see. Hey, I'm sorry, y'all know who I can't we are, stand but all the jock snippers, they were like, "Oh, look at that ring!" Yeah. At it's not really bringing any value. Right, right, it's right. It's just about, um, it's entertainment, right? right? So right, that's right. what I love about your approach to public speaking. Yeah, but more than that, it's your approach to business. Yeah, and that's something that everyone should be picking up from this. Definitely, because so many. So many business people do not do their homework. Mm-hmm. You're, you're sitting down for a first meeting with a client, right? with a potential client, a prospect. You don't know who the hell they are. yeah? Or maybe you just peruse the website a little bit. Mm-hmm. You should know about like, we're in the information age. It ain't hard to find shit out. Right. Simple, <laughs> so it really isn't. But it, you have yeah. to invest the time. Yep. And to your point, when you invest the time and invest the energy yeah. into people and to your clients and to your prospects, mm-hmm. that comes back in spades. Yeah. I don't even gotta look at your reviews to know that you're killing it just because you've taken the time oh, to man. invest in them and craft your message to them. Yep. It. Yep, yep, yep. It makes
1: such a difference. I get it every time. Like, wow, like we felt like you knew us better than we knew ourselves. Like I hear things like that. It is exactly what you said. I've taken the time to not only like Talk to them, understand them, but I've also gotten multiple perspectives. So I'll talk to the CEO, but not just the CEO. I'll talk to the you know director, and then I'll talk to an entry-level position person, and then I'll talk to somebody who just recently got into the company. Now I'll ask them, what's you know, uh, I like that. what's your daily experiences? What's the culture like? Yeah, what are some inside jokes that nobody else would know about? Oh, I love that. Like just that's detail. Yeah, man, man just going there and really understanding them, and then. I take it a step further after every speech, I evaluate myself. That's something that we do as athletes that's ingrained in us that I implemented into what Mm. I do now. After every speech, I'm watching myself. I'm breaking myself down. I'm asking myself, where can I have gotten better here? What worked? What created this type of response that I wanted? What didn't work? What was my low moments? I'm breaking myself down on a weekly
0: basis. Ooh, so that's a fantastic segue. I want you to speak to that. Yeah. Give the audience two or three things, hmm. skill sets, Yeah. things that you learned hmm. in your years of preparation for football Yeah. that have translated to the business world and that, they can implement themselves. Yeah. The
1: easiest one is self-evaluation. Mm. Self-accountability. Like, it didn't matter how good our games were, how good my performance was, if I had the best game in my life. The next week, Monday, we played on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Monday, I'm in that film room. I'm looking at myself and I'm breaking myself down and I'm looking for the smallest ways to improve. Self-improvement. Mm. And then another thing as a linebacker, bro, like pre-snap adjustments, right? And what I mean by that. It's understanding tendencies, understanding body language, understanding patterns like and that would be like just a religious approach to just studying people and studying just schemes and studying mindsets and what you understand is that over time that people have certain tendencies, you know, and they can't run away from it. Yeah. You know, if somebody's really good at what they do. You start to study them and you watch like five to ten videos of them, you start to see that, they, oh, they do this certain thing. It, it might be the smallest thing in the world. For me, as a linebacker, that was a running back who, when he was about to get the ball, his eyes got big. <laughs> you know? <or> like, <laughs> his eyes got big. Or, like, if it's offensive lineman yeah. that 6'6", six, six that I got to take on. Because, I, like I said, I was undersized. So, I got to take on these 6'6", 315-pound guys. So, I got to be strategic with everything. Mm-hmm. So, I got to study that offensive lineman. If he's leaning a little bit, I know he's about to pull. He's coming to get me. Little things like that gave me that edge, and for business, that's understanding, okay, this is this time of the year, they do a certain business practice, or knowing their trends, right? The upcoming trends in their industry. Like, really devouring information and staying a step ahead of the game in terms of your client. Like, just striving and learning and knowing more, man. That has been two things. Those two things, that self-evaluation piece, and then understanding patterns and, and tendencies and psychology. Yes. That's I love time, it man. that's yeah. fire
0: man Appreciate in it. fact there's so much fire that now coming <laughs> out next month the Rennie Kern Ronnell Richards football for business hey let's do it education seminar bootcamp, webinar man. whatever boot camp master class no for real that is so dope and yeah. um right on point point. and these are some of the things that most people simply don't do, and mm-hmm. really don't have an appreciation for those sorts of things, no. that attention to detail. Mm, yeah. And that is one of the things that I respect tremendously about your former profession, but I respect way more how you're applying that yes. to your entrepreneurship goals and your current business. That's next level. And yeah. I don't know very many people that are thinking like that, um, mm-hmm. that first will make that transition, but just in business in general. It's these little things that are going to make the difference. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, most people are sheep. They're going to do what everyone else is doing, and usually, what everyone else is doing is the easiest thing. Exactly right. right. So if you take the time, and again, now, man, you're just dropping bombs. So I'm just my my (laughs) synapses in my brain are, are popping, and I'm thinking about Rennie, the undersized linebacker. Yes. Like. That attention to detail yes. is what gives you the edge that's because it. you can't be six foot three. Yeah, I can you take can't the same approach four. as everybody
1: else. Yeah. It's no different than you got a small business that's trying to compete with these big corporations. Yeah, You can't operate like everybody else. You can't have the same marketing approach. You can't think you can just throw up your social media page no. and just like do what everybody else is doing. No, you got to be innovative as hell.
0: There it is. But also, really, and this is one of the things I talk to my clients about, realizing yeah. that, that also gives you... An advantage. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My God, yo! <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, because there are certain advantages to mm-hmm. being the little guy. Like, let's look right now oh, in the middle of this pandemic. I know a lot of little guys mm-hmm. that are kicking ass right. because their size allowed them to be malleable, allowed yep. them to be... They Agile. have much more dexterity and agility, yeah. right? Um, whereas our bigger guys... Man, right. they're getting choked down by yep. brick and mortar. They're getting choked politics, down by politics. They got to go yeah. through the chain of
1: command and create change. Yeah. That was my life, man. As a little linebacker, I could move. Like I knew that big old 6'6, 315 pound guy, as big as he was, there's mm-hmm. certain things that he couldn't do. Yep. And he didn't have, as a result of being disadvantaged, I had to have a different mindset. And my mindset was became my age as well, just having to think differently. Yep. I couldn't do like if coach told me a certain technique,
0: I had to innovate it and tweak it a little bit because I'm undersized. There's yeah. so many correlations to just business in general and people's experience, even my own personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my own personal experience being being a a, a ethnic minority in in an area where in a business and businesses where we're not very well represented, right? Right. So you have to think more strategically. Mm-hmm. And there're a lot of folks out there that are like, you know, how have disadvantages, whatever they mean. it could be gender, it could be ethnicity, it could be age, yeah. whatever it is, but understand that First of all, you got to be more strategic. You have to be smarter. Mm -hmm. But there are also advantages if you take the time to really uncover them and understand them. Just like this damn pandemic we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. First thing I said back in March, whatever it was, when they started shutting everything down, I told my folks, all my clients, I said, look understand this Hmm. there's going to be opportunity oh man so much get ready for it and take advantage of it yeah so you know things that are seemingly our weaknesses or or disadvantages which we can't deny them there's certain disadvantages right Mm -hmm. we got to accept them but then also look for where our opportunities and be strategic with how we execute on those opportunities thank you for listening to the business and bourbon podcast please subscribe and if you like us Give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do a whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.